Oh, I, I missed do the that. first part of this because I was distracted by oh, work. Oh, it's okay. It, it sounds like Lori has a future in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's the takeaway from most of our conversations. <laughs> is why why have I not gone to tryouts? You know. Yeah. Like that Mark Wahlberg movie where he was like a forty year old who tried out for the Philadelphia Eagles. We are uh, Marshall, is that it? No. <laughs> is that not it? <laughs> no, I think We Are Marshall is about like a high school football team. Whatever, it's fine. It's cool. I'm uh, pretty sure none of us are Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh with that, I guess we'll make our transition. To a place that doesn't <laughs> like football that much at all. Hey! We're going to Canada today, guys. Oh, nice. Yes. Oh. Today we're talking about Penny Boudreaux, who was accused of committing infanticide in 2008 in the province of Nova Scotia, Canada. Pretty shitty, Penny. And if you don't already know it, because we know it and we forgot to say it, you're listening to Bloody Podcast with Maria Felix, Laurie Roggenkamp, and our wonderful host, uh, Guest host, host guest. Host guest. I'm possessing something. I'm a host. He's a host. Uh, Cash of Demolic. So, Penny Patricia Boudreaux was born in Ontario in 1975 and raised in the tiny Cape Island town of Clark's Harbor in Nova Scotia. It's a fun name for her to have. Penny Patricia Boudreaux. (laughs) Yeah. Penny Patricia Boudreaux. She's in trouble. It's a small town, Clark's Harbor is, that specializes in lobster fishing and is only 1.8 miles in land size. Hmm. That's it. That's a, that's a Costco. That's a Costco. Yeah, it is so small. As of 2016, Clark Harbor's population was only 758 people. Which is down for 7% from the last census, which was in 2011. Hmm. So they're shrinking in people. Jeez. Most of the people there are either Canadian, Matisse, English, and or of Northern European descent. They've, they had the same mayor. And this, honestly, this has nothing to do with the crime. <laughs> I just find it fascinating that <laughs> this tiny town is, you know, it thrives. They had the same mayor for 26 years. His name was Lee Stoddart until 2020 when he retired, and they elected Commissioner Rex Stoddard as mayor. <laughs> Sodder and Stoddard? Stoddart. D-A-R-T. Uh. Now it's D-A-R-D. This is, uh. this is the scene <laughs> of a Stephen King story. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a clown or rats or something, but I mean, obviously there's murder, so we're off to a great start. Most of the people in this town are just fishermen that also, you know, take on government roles for for their tiny town. I know it's Canada. Uh, I know it's Canada. Something about the story just makes me want to make them all sound like they're from Maine. Uh, it's a fish's town. Yeah, I want to make her want to make them sound like they're probably from New York, and you, you'll see why. Ah, shit! <laughs> Even though it's Canada, you kind of get New York in your mind. Oh, you're good, so stupid. Good. Not be that. Not that New Yorkers are stupid, but uh, the way, the way uh, that they get the we'll see. 
No, no, New Yorkers are obviously not stupid. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> You'll, you guys will know what kind of New Yorker I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's a I'm from New York. No big deal. So, back to Penny. <laughs> Penny's mother sadly committed suicide when Penny was really young. Oh. And as she grew, her relationship with her father grew tumultuous. Other details of Penny's life are sparse before her name hit the news for murder. But we know that any signs of mental illness that she may have shown went unaddressed for a long time. When we catch up with her next, it's January of 2008, and Penny is 33 years old. She lives in Bridgewater, two hours away from her hometown, but still in Nova Scotia. Mm. And Penny doesn't keep in contact with her dad at this point. She also, by now, has a 12-year-old daughter named Carissa. Carissa was a 6th grader. She loved Hilary Duff and Spice Girls and singing in her room. And I gotta say, for 2008, Spice Girls is, is retro at that point. She's like, hey, yeah. what do you want from me? I like what I like. It's no big deal. This is Nova Scotia's. I'm freaking retro. <laughs> That's that's the little girl. Yeah, you said it was going to be some sort of New York vibe. So she's like, hey, I'm doing my thing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Hey, hey, how about you do you and I'll do me, okay? Yeah, Yeah, okay. Little Joe Pesci. (laughs) (laughs) She still saw her dad, but her mother seemed to have primary custody of her. Her dad, Paul, says that his daughter was a sweet girl with a rebellious streak but she was always very happy. In diary entries from Carissa from December 2007, she makes a list of why she's sad and mad. So I like when I found these diary entries, I was like, ugh, why are we publishing little girl entries, like diary entries, you know? But I can see why they're useful. They actually give a little of insight into, into the case and obviously into Carissa's 12-year-old mindset. And again, she's only 12. Anyway, the first one says, number one, I'm sad. I'm sad because, one, I have to go to school tomorrow. Two, I miss Shane and Tracy. Three, I have to go to bed at 9.30 instead of 11. Bullshit. Four, she didn't say the bullshit part. I'm going to miss all my favorite shows. Yeah, she's going to miss friends. Yeah, the friends friends we run. Yeah, exactly. Gotta catch up. Yeah. Number four, I live in an apartment. Number five. All right, sweetheart. Come on. (laughs) Number five, there is no room for my stuff. Number six, I feel crowded. Number seven, end of story, my life sucks until we live in a house. Bye, Carissa. And then page number two that they obtained says, I'm mad because, one, mom is engaged to Vernon. Two. Mom made me move here. Three. Mom broke up with Shane. So, remember Shane and Tracy that she misses her in mm-hmm. first letter? Obviously, Shane was probably a better boyfriend than Vernon was to her mom. Number four. I want a bigger room. Number five. I don't like Vernon living with us. Number six. The end. My life is ruined. By Teresa Hart Star. <laughs> it's very cute. And it's so it's super sad. You know, you can guess what's coming. The Son. lottery winning? Yeah. Yeah, she wins the she, she wins the lottery in heaven because she's dead now. 
Tufa. Walk in the line. Well, I mean, you, I don't know if you made it any worse than Khaled had made it. Already. I mean, mine was a mine was a slight tinge. Yours was a wallop. <laughs> That's what I know. That's what I my name was in high school. The wallop. <laughs> uh, to be fair, they do say later that the apartment that the three were living at was really small. It was pretty small. It was crowded. And she had gone, a little girl going from like a house, it sounds like. Like she went from a house with Shane and probably her mom to a tiny, shitty apartment. Sucks. She's 12. Yeah, dude. it sucks. It sucks. So that's yeah. where Curis's mindset is at. She's sick of her mom and her shitty boyfriend, Vernon. She misses Shane because he seemed to be nice. And she's starting school again, it sounds like. Like, she had a Christmas vacation, now she has to go back, and that sucks. That's this kind of stuff where you're, like, as an adult who wants to be a parent, you're like, how can these people, like, it just seems like the mom already, with, you know, just on its face, what we don't know, let's say we don't know the future, the mom just seems to be just playing, you know, fast and loose with the this 12-year-old's feelings and her relationships. When you introduce another adult into a child's life, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's it is like she deal. just took away one relationship and introduced her to somebody named Vernon. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell the listeners named Vernon. Dude, it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're fine, bro. I do know one Vernon. He's cool, though. What was that? It's like. Was it, it, there was a character that that guy did. Remember he did those, he was like a tall guy and he did those like different movies where it's like, you know, I forgot his name, but it was like Earl goes to, Earl gets scared or Earl goes to jail. Yeah. Are you talking about Ernest? Ernest, Ernest. And then he would always say Vern. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing Vern? Hey Vern. I used to love Ernest when I was a kid. Yeah, my mom took great. me. To, my mom took me to see Ernest goes to camp, and Aww. it was pretty great. It's a good birthday. Aww. The Halloween one that was always my favorite. Jump yeah, the truck on that one, Laurie. I'm kidding. It was it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm giving you hard time. <laughs> Ernest rule. So unsurprisingly, the preteen and her neurotic mother aren't getting along. A screaming match was a near daily routine for them. <laughs> To make things worse, Penny's boyfriend, Vernon McCumber, had been getting fed up with their fighting and, like, the whole... He was getting fed up with Penny. He was getting fed up with Penny and Carissa fighting all the time and just, like, the whole thing. uh, I'm sure he thought the apartment was too small, too, or something. But whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of... He's probably one of those guys who's like, I can't, like, just come home and, like, let my nuts hang. Yeah, I need to come home and let my nuts hang. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the New York because I don't know what Vernon sounds like in my head yet. But. I mean, <laughs> I think anybody who's a Vernon talks a lot late. Hey, hey guys, can I let my nuts hang? Ooh, Where is he from? What was that? It's like a British <laughs> transplant to Alabama. Yeah, that's exactly what that was, babe. <laughs> that's what it was. Yes, that's hey, exactly y'all. what it was. Hey, y'all. You nailed it. <laughs> May I have some peach tea? Yeah. Do you mind if we go down to the Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> he, uh, he changed his identity. Every Vernon, their real name was never, didn't start out as Vernon. 
he killed somebody in uh, Great Old Britain and then <laughs> had to change his name to Vernon and move to Alabama. Yeah, and to Alabama. our Patreon supporter, Vernon. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> right, don't worry about it. So, according to Vernon, he was tired of coming home and hearing the mother and daughter argue. And he told Penny that something needed to be done, that they needed counseling or something, because her behavior and their behavior was too dysfunctional. And if they didn't get any help, he would leave. You know, I kind of feel like maybe I've put too much blame on Vernon, because now I feel like he sounds like a reasonable person. Yeah. And he's just like, look, we're in tight quarters. You guys are obviously like fighting like cats and dogs. It's you make everybody's miserable. Like, let's just let's figure this out. <laughs> the mom is like, what I'm hearing is you need her to go away. No, no what yep. I'm saying is you and your daughter keep fighting all the time. You guys got to take it easy. Small house. <laughs> right, 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 right. Small quarters, right, right, you know, right. I don't want to come home to a big fight and everything. I just want to take it easy. No, get a couple of bagels. That's Vernon. Yeah, that's him. I'll show, I will post yeah. that. Enjoy oh, the night, him. you know. Your voice for Vernon is spot on. Yeah, it's exactly it. I'd be like, how you doing? I'm looking at, looking at him. I'm like, that. yeah, that's that's how Vernon sounds. Yeah, I figure that's the neighbor who just sticks his head out in the hallway when you're going someplace. And he's like, yeah, how's it going? So uh, I, heard, uh, I heard you were watching a movie last night. I just, you know, I knew what it was. I was talking along with it. Did you hear me? <laughs> no, dude, no. No, I didn't hear you. I didn't, I didn't see it. That's a shame. I did a really great performance. Where were you? in the bathroom. My bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> I made myself an extra key. Came on over. <laughs> oh, man. So, Penny would take all this to mean that Vernon was sick of Carissa. Not Penny. She'd, and she would later say that Vernon never cared for Carissa in the first place. That they often argued with each other and that Vernon said that he would leave her unless Carissa was out of the picture. I feel like that is a falsehood. It was either him or, or her daughter. So with that in mind. Which, I mean, like, even if that's true, like, let's just say that's true. Let's say Vernon was like, look, I don't want to, I don't want to be in a, I've realized that I'm just not the type of person that can be a, a, a adult figure for a 12 year old girl while endangering their mother. Like, if I was the mother, I'd be like, well, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> like, have a good day and have a good life. Yeah. <laughs> like, who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah. If he was like, I don't want, it's either you or, it's either her or me. I would be like, of course it's her. <laughs> of course it's her. Well, yeah. I mean, most mothers, that's what it is. But, you know, if, if that were the case with Penny, we probably wouldn't be talking about her. That's true. No, but what I'm, yeah, exactly. No, you're totally right. But what I'm saying is, is like, that's to me, I think that that just shows how ridiculous Penny is that she thinks that that's even remotely a valid argument of like, I had to, my boyfriend named Vernon was going to leave me. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to keep in mind, guys, that ultimatums are the commerce of any healthy relationship. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. We're eating pizza. Or I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Marry me, or I'm going to kill your dog. There it is. <laughs> Crazy thing, I don't even care for the dog. 
<laughs> oh, I see. I thought it was Maria who was saying that. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so, Penny, distraught that Vernon seemed like he was on the verge of leaving her and desperate for a solution, decided that Carissa really was the problem. On January 27th, Penny told Vernon her and Carissa were going for a drive. They left around 3 or 4 p.m. and drove towards the town of Lunenburg. Then back, so they drove there and then they headed back. And the woman's conversation inevitably turned to arguing. She says that this is when, she would later say that once they started arguing, she, this is when she, quote, knew what she had to do. So then Penny stopped at Sobeys, which is a popular grocery store in Canada, and went in while Carissa stayed in the car. I've stayed in the car so many times, mad at my mom. Like, oh. when she goes into the grocery store and she's like, you come in? I'm like, no, you stay here. <laughs> what? Not the only one, right? That's fucking funny. That's that is definitely. I I mean, look, I don't know if like I don't I don't like to say that men and women are different, but I feel like there definitely is a female type of anger where yes. we do shit to ourselves. We like punish ourselves to punish yeah. somebody else. Like, yeah, we're like, I've done that where I've been like, you know what? I'm gonna sit in this freezing car. To piss you off and not go into the heated <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. I've done that where I've, I've not gone to dinner with my family and sat in a car. The whole time? In like December. Yeah, in December <laughs> and just stared at them through the glass while they were eating at IHOP. And just been like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> just. <laughs> That's nuts. You guys are crazy. My mom, my mom, one time slept in a in in our van. She slept in our van and didn't go. We were traveling. She slept in our van and didn't go into the hotel room because she was pissed at my dad. And it was like that doesn't hurt anybody but you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom. I mean, there's that, been instances of my mom not getting out of the car too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it's a guy thing, too. I feel like I don't know if it is, but definitely at the very least at this age, 12 years old, 12 to like 15 years old, you're going to do these things where you're like, I remember one time I was 15 and my mom and I were arguing and we were at like the peak of arguing and she got so mad at me and I called her a bitch. I did something. I think I called her a bitch. It was like one of two times I did it. And then they said oh. I wanted to get out of the car. I was wearing heels. It was 108 degrees out. And I got out of, she's like, get out of the car then. And so I had to get out of the car. And then I couldn't walk in the heels because we were out in the desert. So it's all dirt. So you just keep sinking into the desert, into the floor. <sighs> so I had to take the heels off. Oof. And then I had to walk. And she let me walk for a little bit. Yeah, she like drove off and made sure I walked for a while. And then when I got home, my feet were so burnt I couldn't walk for three days. Aww. It was like a Oof. it was like a walk of it was a walk of shame, mm. a walk of penance. Penance, that's what it is. <laughs> so while Penny's at Sobeys, Chris is in the car. Penny buys a few groceries. We know she buys some juice, some bacon, and then she calls Vernon. 
to tell him that Carissa is missing from the car. At this point, it's a little bit past 5.30 p.m. Vernon didn't answer, so she left a message, then went back to the car, loaded the groceries, grabbed a piece of twine from one of them, and then got back in the driver's seat and started driving. As soon as they started driving, Carissa and Penny started arguing again. At this point, Carissa says that she wants to get out of the car. She demand, she's demanding to get out of the car as they're driving, basically. And so what Penny does is that because it's not completely dark yet, she keeps driving until it's completely dark. And then she pulls over on William Hebb Road, which is a, a pretty rural road, and tells her daughter to get out of the car and walk back from there. So Carissa does. Carissa steps out. It's nighttime now, and it's snowing. And it's been, it's no discussion. It's been icy there for days. It's January. Jeez. So once Carissa got out of the car, Penny did as well. She tried to grab Carissa, but slipped and pushed her to the ground instead. She then got on top of her, dug her knees into the back of her, into her back, wrapped the twine around her daughter's neck. Jesus. And started squeezy. Carissa didn't say much except for the words mommy don't. But Penny kept going and didn't stop until Carissa stopped breathing. Penny then loaded Carissa's body back into the car and drove to a turnoff point that overlooked Lahav River. As she dragged her daughter's body to the edge of the embankment, the girl's pants started to slide off. Penny left the messes, took some more article, articles of clothing off of the girl, including her shoes, and then pushed her body over the edge. Carissa's body did not go into the river as Penny had planned for it to. It stayed on the, on the bank, on the shore. After that, Penny drove off, threw away some of the articles of clothing in a garbage can by the public Bridgewater swimming pool, threw away the twine in a coffee cup in another can, and noticed she only had uh, one shoe of Carissa's, but didn't think much of it since it was predicted to snow a lot in the coming days. Then she went home. It was around 7.30 p.m. when she got there. The whole ordeal only took her about four hours. Jesus Christ. That night, at 8 p.m., so half an hour after getting home and talking to Vernon, Penny called the police to report Carissa missing. She gave them the story about that she had disappeared from the car while she was inside at Sobeys. She told her, she told the police that she searched for her in nearby areas and waited, and then finally came home to call them. Two days later, she appeared on television asking for the community to help her find her missing daughter and cried on TV, uh, you know, begging for her to come home. Mm. She also gave the police, which the police released to the media, a description of what Carissa was wearing. A jeans, t-shirt, a vest, a hoodie, socks, and pink Crocs. 
On that same day, January 29th, when they released that info to the media, a man driving William Hebb Road, driving down William Hebb Road, saw something pink in the snow. He pulled over and confirmed that it was a pink croc that was like the one that was called for in, in the press. And he called the police. The DNA showed that it was Carissa's, but they didn't release this to the press or to anybody. They kept it internal. The search continued, and Penny kept up the act. But on February 9th, a mother pulled over at the same turnabout so her nine-year-old boy could go and pee behind some trees. So the poor kid goes to the edge. Oh, man. Looks over and sees frozen toes sticking out of the snow. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mom! (laughs) This is a fucking Coen Brothers movie. This is nuts. So the police arrived and quickly confirmed that it was Carissa and her body had been found. Now this is, what, 9, 10, 11, I think 11 days, maybe 12 days after she was first reported missing. Good God. Investigators also determined that her body had been dumped there and noted which article of clothing she which articles of clothing she still had on versus the ones that were missing. They didn't release this info to the media either. Then, two days later, on February eleventh, Penny's downstairs neighbors reported a loud argument to the police. They said they heard Vernon yelling. And throwing things around. They specifically said cups. Too. And I was like, how do you know it's cups? A cup sound when it hits the floor. That doop, 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 doop. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bunch of that. <laughs> so, Vernon could be heard telling Penny that he was leaving her. And asking her over and over, how could you do this? And saying, I don't understand. You got me involved. You got me involved. And I'm not going to help you. So apparently this was enough for investigators because investigators were already really suspicious of Penny and her story. So they all, this only helped them zero in on her as a suspect. Different Vernon yeah. jumping up and saying, no, I'm not going to help you. How could you do this? I mean, also... That's that's a sticky wicket, man. You know, when someone tells you, like, hey, I killed this person, you gotta be like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if she's like, I did it for you. It's like, what? I was, just, I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say that, like, she probably was like, I love you so much, I killed my daughter. And he's like, wait, what? She's not missing? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it was one of those things where it was like, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. I love you so much I do this. Oh, I love you so much I do this. <laughs> she just fucking, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It, I think inevitably every couple has had that. Would you love me if I had no arms or legs? Would you love me if I was if I was paralyzed? It's like, yes, of course. I throw out Would hypotheticals. Would you love me if I killed my own daughter? <laughs> yeah. I throw out hypotheticals like that to Maria all the time. <laughs> All the time, but it's always about like, would you love me if I was five foot three? <laughs> She's like, nope. <laughs> and I'm like, would you love me if I was into fucking techno music and sports? And she's like, no, no way. 
Because I I'm love like, you. I love you for you. And then I'm like, then I'm like, do you love me now? And she's like, eh, kind of. It's all these hypotheticals. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I, I definitely don't do that as much as you. I just don't think I do. And yeah. after all of it, she kicks me in the chest. That's why I keep coming back. <laughs> On February 14th, Valentine's Day, everybody. Vernon and Penny were asked to come to the police station to confirm the remains of Chris's body. Instead, they were arrested and interviewed. Penny didn't confess anything at first, and we're not sure what exactly Vernon did or did say, but it looks it seems like he didn't give her up right away. Instead, while they had them both in custody, obviously in separate cells, the police planted an undercover cop as a cellmate with Vernon. Ooh. They must have thought Vernon was like, this is the one that's going to crack. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because he was looking all shifty-eyed and he was like, I got the, I know things. I know things. I don't know much. I just know that I love you. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> so this plant pretended to be involved in organized crime and began building a friendship with Vernon while in custody. <laughs> cool. Later, on February 25th, a couple looking for recyclables in trash bins checked the can by the swimming pool. They noticed a pink crock inside and called the police. So this must have been really, like, it was, like they say, like, you know, this was big news. But it really must have been huge news because you would everybody knows about the pink shoes. But it's a small town, you know, so everybody, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So they call the police who retrieve the pink crock along with a few of, I think it was the vest and the sweater were, were in the trash can. Oh, that's right, because she dumped a bunch of stuff in there. She, bunch of, yeah, a bunch of stuff in there. The same day, February 25th, on the other side of town, Vernon is offered a job opportunity from his cool new mafia buddy. Oh, no way. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I just need to take care of a little business. Yeah, business. I can mean anything. I'm, I'm on board. Sure. <laughs> what do you need? Whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can do it. No, no, no. I can do it. Like, no, you can't do it. No, no. no what about no, him? No, can... not him. Oh. <laughs> he can't do it. He's not ready. I could totally do it. Guys, come on. Believe in me. I believe in myself. <laughs> right? It's really like positive. Owen Wilson was trying to be in New York. <laughs> Dude, come on. I can totally do it. Come on. It's New York. In the statement of facts that about the case that was later, later released, um, it says that they met the police. It says that the police met with him over the next several weeks. Damn. This was a Jesus. long con. And set up a number of scenarios to make Vernon believe he was working for the mob. What? <laughs> what? See, now that's when being a police officer is fun. You know what they call the operation? <laughs> what? What? Mr. Big. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so it was a sex in the city. So they were just... <laughs> they were they just... all wanted to be Chris Knopf. From Sex and the City and Law and Order. They're yeah. Like, He's the best. Yeah, they're like, he's I covering mean, all the bases. <laughs> Fucking hell. I haven't, seen a, I haven't seen a lot of Sex and the City, but we don't ever really know what Mr. Big does, do we? So, no, we don't. We don't. Correct. So they, I guess well, the one cop husband who had to watch it with his wife was like, he's in my bus. 
She goes up, he goes up, she's like, tell me what happened with Mr. Big. <laughs> He's like, relax, honey, I come just, on. I love that. I love, I love that this is like, almost like uh, uh, the Joe Schmo show, where it's like everybody else is improvising, but that, but one guy <laughs> yeah. doesn't realize it's uh, real. Gordon's, Gordon's like, in on it. He loves Sex in the City. He's like, dude, Mr. Big, this is great. I'm gonna find my fucking Carrie. This is awesome. <laughs> I just love thinking about the number, the several scenarios they set up for him. Like oh, they yeah. took him, they took him to like a little like pasta restaurant, a little Italian restaurant. <laughs> Everyone, like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like go to the bathroom. They're like, really? What's in the bathroom? Just go pick up the envelope. All right. Did you get it? Yeah, I did. Good job, kid. Hey. There's nothing in the envelope but a couple of Sizzler coupons. <laughs> and, you, and you know for a fact that there was like a guy, a cop who was like, had to play a waiter who was like really into character and they're like, Frank, for the love of God, just be a regular waiter. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm from Italy. I like to think he went full Scott Thompson. It was just like, water anyone? What do you want to have some croutons on their salad? <laughs> Extra pepper, sir. <laughs> they're, just, they're looking at him like, no. Thank you. In the motherland, we call it aqua. <laughs> you give us a minute, bro? And the guy leaves, he's just like, Frank, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, so Mike. <laughs> he's like, I'm taking improv classes. It's going pretty fucking good. Yeah, I've been working on this character with my coach. We've been doing private lessons. It's going great. <laughs> I'm submitting a reel to SNL. So let's keep going. <laughs> Come on, Lauren. Okay. <laughs> I also think that now wherever Vernon would go, they would find a way to play the uh, Godfather music. Every bathroom he goes into, he's like, what's going on? Is he doing the orange thing there? Well, nothing. Hey, hey, how you doing, kid? <laughs> yeah, to me. It's just, it's just what Canadians think is is mafia. <laughs> <laughs> everybody has like a picture of Tony Soprano in their wallet. Yeah, everybody's doing John Travolta and Gotti. Like, yeah. not a great job, but yeah. like, all right, it's entertaining, <laughs> I guess. It's good for Nova Scotia. <laughs> good for Nova Scotia. No, you know what's funny is. The, is Frank went on to be the coach for John Travolta in Gotti. That's that was, that was his acting. So first things first, we don't call pasta sauce sauce. It's called gravy. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Big, the uh, operation Mr. Big is in full effect, right? So, I'm not sure of the legal process here. Like in this in this time period here, but by April, Vernon and Vernon and Penny are back in an apartment, and it's they're not released. I think maybe they're out on uh, what's it called? Bail. Um, yeah, kind of like bail bond. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they're not completely free yet. But they're mm-hmm. allowed to be outside outside in their apartment. So now. They move out of their apartment in Bridgewater and they move over to Halifax while they're waiting for trial. So, uh, Vernon's still meeting with, with the guys. 
with the boys. And during <laughs> one of his meetings, <laughs> gotta go talk to the guys. I just, I just love that this is all to get a confession of who. I love it. It's great. Of who murdered this little girl, and it's just they're going so sideways. And it's like you got you got the pay, you got the money for the for the mob boss. Yes. Oh, isn't it crazy that your girlfriend's daughter died? <laughs> it's like it's such exactly. Like, oh, we, it's exactly almost police it. academy. Exactly. So when, at one of these meetings with the guys, Brandon says that he suspects Penny of murdering Carissa, and that he still lives with her because he wanted to keep her close. So she would not try to implicate him in the murder as well. But that he had nothing to do with the murder. That's what he tells the guys. I had nothing to do with it, Tony. I didn't do nothing, however. Man to man? Man to man? <laughs> I did not do this. I did not do this. <laughs> On May 3rd, somebody from the Mr. Big operation asked Vernon if he knew any ladies who would be cool with helping them in an upcoming job. They asked him to ask Penny to meet with them. She was so eager to get involved. She she was so excited. She was was just gung-ho about it. She was like, me and the Bob. So anyway, she goes along with it. And she immediately starts coming to (laughs) to the meetings. And in May, again, it also, it also marked the three, a three-month time period since Carissa had died. News reports were still coming out about the case, pointing to Penny as the prime suspect. Because remember, she hasn't gone to trial. Mm-hmm. She complained about this to the undercover cops. And she said she wished that the evidence vault would burn down. Just a side note. I bet mean, she's pulling a total like Marissa Tomei yeah. from like my cousin Vinny. She's like, <laughs> she's like, it's just ridiculous over here. Yeah, you know, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do a goddamn thing, Johnny. We gotta burn that place down. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Slept>, sorry. <laughs> On June eleventh, after hanging out with the mob for a month, Penny met with a different plant, who told her that he was the boss. Of a crime syndicate. And that he could make her problems go away. Anything you need to be taken care of, I could do for you. But I need to know all your secrets. Exactly. Huh? First, she would have to tell him everything that happened. Back with the stories. So he could fully understand the situation. And then help her. So, of course, Penny started by saying her and Vernon were having real issues because of Carissa. And that he had given her an ultimatum. (laughs) She told him how she called Vernon to say Carissa was missing before she was. She told him everything. Um, She told him about how her pants had slid off, how the little girl's pants had slid off while she was dragging her out of the car. And that she left them that way. Because she wanted, she thought it was a good idea to make it seem like the girl had been sexually assaulted before it happened. She said that she knew that her body wouldn't be found right away because of the snowy forecast for the next few days. She told him how she didn't realize till later that she forgot a shoe somewhere else. Now remember, one shoe was found over where she 
originally died at William Hebb Road. She even reenacted the way she strangled her to death on the cop. <laughs> oh my Jesus God. Christ. Jesus. She agreed to write it out too. When <laughs> the boss, the mom, quote, mom boss guy was like, you gotta write it out. You gotta handwrite it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so I God. can help you and she did we're gonna videotape you for a little bit reenact it with Rocco mm-hmm. I like to keep <laughs> I like to keep records also we're into improv here yeah. <laughs> also if you could hold the sign and say exhibit A we'd appreciate it <laughs> such a dumb idiot she uh <laughs> she they did video record it they did the video has never been released to the public it's it's protected, but they recorded the whole meeting. It was in a hotel room. They recorded it from the other hotel room. One cop says that he cried when, like, they got the confession in the other room. I don't know how he could have cried. I mean, I I believe that because it's a super sad case for these yeah. cops, especially. But it's I can only imagine how stupid she was the whole time. Yeah, she was probably wearing like leopard print. Oh, had yeah. her hair up all big, thinking she was she was fucking <laughs> the new mom boss wife. I almost think that they would probably play it at like the Christmas party. Who wants this at? Yeah, yeah. This has this has all the makings of like a hijinks kind of comedy, but then you realize like, oh shit! Like a twelve year old girl died. So like, sad. It's like if we could just rewrite that part, then uh, we would uh, be fine. Yeah, we can. We can. May may she rest in peace. Um, yeah, geez. she uh, she also took them to both sites where she had both where she had committed the murder and where she had disposed of the body, and she gave them an article of clothing of Carissa's that she was wearing the day that Penny kept for some reason. What a piece of trash! Yeah. Mm. So with all of this. She was arrested on June 14th. Finally. Yeah. At first, she didn't admit anything. And then she was played a portion of her confession tape. And then uh, confessed. Because she had already been. Wow. At some point during her official confession with the police, she also provided them with a letter to Carissa expressing her feelings. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't get to do yeah, that shit, you idiot. No one gives a shit how you feel about killing your own daughter. That that reminds me so much of, like, uh, the BTK killer. The way he was caught was he he would uh, call or message the police. And one time he was talking to them. Yeah. And he was like, can you get, can you trace, uh, if I send you a CD, could you trace? Oh, or, yeah. like, a floppy disk or something. They're like, no, can you trace no. it? No, and they're like, no, 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 no. Well, of course, they were able to, and they were able to find that he was a deacon at this church, and they arrested mm-hmm. him. And the, when they arrested him, the cop who he had talked to was the one who put the cuffs on him. And he said, he goes, uh, the guy, I forgot the, the killer's name, but he, go, he looks at the cop and he goes, you lied to me. Yeah. And was, like, so hurt by that. It's like, fuck you, dude. Was it BTK like, or was it Ed Kemper? It was BTK, oh, yeah. okay. That he found out, like, that he was upset that he, like... Yeah, Ed Kemper was the one where he would, like, talk to the cop. He thought the cops and him were buddies. Yeah. Right. Like, he thought the... Because he uh, worked at a bar, and so he was, like... He thought him and the cops were all buddy, buddy, buddy. 
Killers are so stupid. (laughs) So at trial, uh, she was charged with with one charge of first degree murder. Vernon, on the other hand, was cleared of any involvement in the crime. Hooray! Her trial began in December. During her trial, she maintained that Vernon had made her choose, and that in those moments she felt compelled to do anything to keep Vernon. That's gotta be infuriating for that dude. Jesus Christ. What? Yeah. She was Also, it's like, again, that's not a defense. That's not, like, that's not a defense. (laughs) Oh, I forgot we're also recording the video. It's not a defense. It's just like, well, she made her choose. Or he made her choose, but it's not true anyway. I don't I don't think it's true. Maybe it is, but like maybe it was something, if anything, maybe it was something Vernon said just to like out of anger, you know, like it's either me or her when he was arguing with Carissa because I'm sure he yeah. did argue with her once in a while because it's a preteen. Everyone argues with them. For sure. So she was sentenced to life in prison with no parole for at least twenty years. While receiving therapy in prison she was diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and borderline personality disorder. Fun stuff. Then, after being in prison for nine years in 2018, she was granted four escorted leaves per year from prison to attend church. It's interesting. It's, it's not something I heard of here in the U.S., but maybe it's more common in Canada. Penny said that she wanted to be able to worship publicly. She won her appeal based on, or like whatever they call it, it's not an appeal, but, you know, request. Because she also pointed out that she had struggled with being awkward her whole life in social settings because of her mother's suicide. She also had told the court that she had reconnected with her father in the last few years and was making every effort to reform. So far, the board and the prison system seem to be of the opinion that if it weren't for Penny's cognitive distortions that she had not yet received any treatment for, she probably would not have killed her daughter. Psychological assessments have also found that she is a low risk for being a repeat offender. But the assessment also says that her romantic relationships should be monitored to ensure her risk remains low. It noted that attachment disruptions in her early childhood appeared to have made her vulnerable to engaging in unhealthy relationships and reacting with extreme distress when they are in jeopardy of ending. So it seems like, we don't know the history, but it seems like maybe she has a history of doing these, like, you know, if you leave me, I'll kill myself kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that they know about, that the board knows about. And she will probably get out on parole soon because she only has to be in I mean, not only. It's a long time, but still, for killing somebody, it's only 20 years. By the end of her 20 years, she'll probably be out on parole. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. So, that's it. There is a petition still being signed to this day to stop her escorted leaves from prison because people don't think she should be out in any way, shape, or form. I don't know. Vernon, for his part, Says that he, you know, he never said that stuff. That he never gave her an ultimatum. And this is why I don't believe Vernon. Because he says he thinks about Carissa every day. And that he misses how she used to make him laugh. Hmm. 
I, I don't know how innocent. Ver- I don't think Vernon had anything to do with it, but I, I think, think he's milking, milking it. I think he's milking it, and he's like kind of a sh- like a, he's obviously like a snivelly, like a Weasley guy. You know, he's like, oh yeah, I want to be in the mob. Who does want to yeah. be in the mob? <laughs> he's trying to gain sympathy. He's trying to seem like yeah, he's a he nicer is. person than he is. Yeah, but I mean, look, I think it doesn't matter what who Vernon was. I mean, Vernon was a dick. It, Vernon could have been a dick. Vernon could have been the nicest guy in the world. The fact of the matter is, is that Penny on her own accord was like, I'm going to murder my kid. And it's just like, for this guy. And it's just like, it's not that guy's fault. I mean, he yeah. didn't think that she was going to kill him, kill her. Right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, check us out on Patreon. And that's it. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you all soon. Bye. 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 Bye.